Wilson. Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight, and the Mets win it. A 2-1 pitch. And a drive in the air to deep right field. That ball headed toward the wall. That ball is out of here. Out of here. A game-winning grand slam home run off the bat of Robin Ventura. Hey. And it's hit deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance. Home run by Piazza. And the Mets lead three to two. Turner drives one to center, chasing Nimmo back to the warning track, right at the fence. He made the catch! Oh, wow! The catch of the year for Brandon Nimmo! He took a home run away from Justin Turner! Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in 10, 9, Episode 21, the Shay Hello Podcast. Welcome. My name is Casey Lynn. I am joined by my co-host, Bill Pulsifer. Uh, Bill Pulsifer. Or can't three. Believe I, I, I just, that, yeah, it's been a whirlwind week. We'll get into that, Bill. Um, Bill Pulsifer, uh, former Met and former Major League Baseball player, friend, father, uh, son, all of the above. Great person. Um you're welcome. I had to make up for butchering your name out of nowhere. That's so, all right. That's all right. Um, this is episode 21, Bill. It's your your number with the Mets. It's a special anniversary or what yeah. you know milestone, if you will, for our podcast. 21 being your uniform number. Pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. 21 is the magic number. Absolutely, blackjack. Um, <clears throat> of course, Stephen White behind the scenes. Uh, our producer. Check out his podcast at Cold uh, Popcast. And, of course, this episode is brought to you by Roots-Recordings.com. Um, there has been a lot of movement uh, since episode 20 in Metsland uh, last, from last week. And uh, there has been a lot of movement in my personal life that has uh, a Met connection, very much so. Um, so I am going to go right into that, actually. Uh, cause I'd be remiss if I didn't start off the podcast, uh, with what has happened in my personal life, which was over the weekend. Um, Bill does know about it. Uh, Bill actually was a supporter, gave me some good advice. Um, and after, uh, we talk about it, um, you'll see why his advice was good. And, uh, you know, we went through with it and, uh, yeah, we're going to start with that. So how's that sound, Bill? I love it. I absolutely love it. <clears throat> All right. Um, I'm just going to read the tweet. I, I printed it out. I think I made a tweet uh, I, I, or on X, I tweeted out after what transpired. And I think it's just best to read it. I don't know how many people listening uh, or watching, of course, on Shea Hello Media on YouTube. If you're watching, please subscribe. Or if you're listening, wherever you get your podcast platforms, uh, give us a follow, like, comment. We respond ASAP. I think it was best, Bill. Um, I did print it out just to read. You've seen it. 
You've yep. commented on it. Um, I think it's best if I just read it uh, instead of just paraphrasing. Um, so thing. I'm going to go for it. I'm just going to read it straight up. So my head will be down as I read. Um, it starts like this. And I wrote this the day that I drove to Tampa. Um, here we go. If you're up to reading a long story, it's worth it. As many of you know, I lost my best friend, my baby, my all, Shay, in November. She was more than a dog. She was my daughter. She was my why. I loved her, and I always will. I miss her every day, and I continue to mourn and cry, mourn and, cry and feel the pain, and I wish it on nobody. As I turn the page. Most people said it would help to think about getting another dog as Shay wouldn't want me to suffer. Hint, hint, Bill Pulsifer was one of those um, friends that said that. Um, I said, no way. Then separate, uh, serpentipity happened. Almost uh, about a month ago, I was scrolling on social media and I came across an Instagram story from, uh, story from Haley Alonzo, wife of... Pete Alonzo, as if you're listening, you probably know who the hell Pete Alonzo is. Uh, best power hitter in baseball and fan favorite of the New York Mets. That's not in the story. I'm just ad-libbing there. Um, who, Pete and uh, Haley, saved a black lab from a kill shelter in Texas. Lucy, a two-year-old lab, was to be killed on Christmas Eve. However, Haley and Pete Alonso saved her life and took her in and were fostering her until they found a forever home for Lucy. I followed the instructions by Haley and sent an email. Fast forward, she texted me a few days later. After weeks of talking and uh, Pete and Haley sending me videos and pictures of Lucy and then finally multiple phone calls with Pete Alonso, who already fell in love with Lucy as she's such a sweet puppy, Pete Alonzo gave me the okay to adopt Lucy and give her the forever home that she needs. I did a lot of talking to friends and family and to Shay, who many think somehow made all of this possible, if you believe in that stuff. Pete was the one who used the word serpentipity, and I believe he's right. Lucy is with me now. And she will be filled with love and care for the rest of her life. I made a promise to Pete and to myself. Uncle Pete, he's okay with that name, by the way, I asked him, <laughs> will continue to be filled in on Lucy every day. And we will have play dates with the Alonzo's two dogs. They have a three-year-old and a six-year-old little guys. Um, and Lucy, when they're in Florida. I was never looking for a dog. If I wasn't scrolling at that exact second, never, none of this would have happened. Lucy checks all the boxes, a rescue dog, a lab, sweet as hell. This has nothing to do with Pete and uh, with Pete other than Haley and him were the driving force propelling this. And all of us are so grateful we found each other. I made a promise to Pete that Lucy will be in the best hands possible. I'm a dog lover. I miss Shay every second and I will continue to. However, life goes on. And as mentioned before, she wouldn't want me to suffer anymore. Everything happens for a reason. Everything. Sometimes it's hard to find and understand, but the reason happens, and it happens for a reason. Haley and Pete could not have been any nicer during the process, and we will always have this relationship and connection. Pete signed and gave me a game-used home run derby bat, which was under what I found out later, the Gregory Sith collection, ad-libbing. 
We will be hanging out shortly. And Lucy just has that effect. She's amazing. Haley and Peter are also amazing. I am so grateful now to be able to call them friends. Welcome to the family, Lucy. That's <laughs> that's the tweet that I sent out. Um, that's the best way I, I to just read it. Um, yeah, your thoughts, Bill? I mean, it's been a whirlwind couple of days for me. Well, as um, as a family, our family as well, that is, does fosters and have adopted fosters and, and saved dogs. I think that's just a tremendous, tremendous story. Irregardless, and I heard that that's not a word, but I'm going to use it anyway, uh, of it being uh, Pete and Haley, yeah. uh, the Alonzos. But um, obviously for you um, and for the people that are, are listening and watching our podcast, that's that's just one of the coolest stories that, that you could uh, uh, ever <laughs> imagine let alone make up or try to make a movie script but um i'm so happy that you you did take some of the advice that uh, i was given and some other people were giving as somebody that's lost four dogs in my quote unquote grown life over there right. over time you know i'm 50 now so it's been a long time uh i have four dogs downstairs right now and uh three of them are um <clears throat> are rescue dogs and one yep. of them is we rescued from another family that they had to they had to give the dog up. So I think it's a tremendous story, and I'm very happy for you. I'm very happy for Lucy, and I'm happy that you can uh, spark a relationship with your your favorite ball player. Yeah, um, as I said, and, and you said as well, it's wild, and you couldn't make it up. And that's how I started off the story when reading. Uh, I could not make this up if I tried. It is wild, exciting, and a mix of emotions all at once. Um, like I said, I drove to Tampa with my father. We met with Pete and Haley with their two dogs and Lucy, and they could not be better human beings. In a world where there's just shit everywhere, like people need to understand whether you're a baseball fan, and I'm sure you are if you're listening or watching us or both. We need more people like Pete and Haley Alonzo. They are saints. Um, They're actually – most people don't know this. I asked Pete – just the backstory of Lucy and we don't have to get into that. She was abused as a, you know, and then left, you know, to a kill shelter. That is one of the the highest uh, rating for kills of any shelter in America. And she was set to be killed Christmas Eve. And I asked, how'd you guys even get Lucy? A woman who I don't know, literally drove from Texas. It was in Dallas to Tampa where they live. Drove, drove the dog. I mean, everybody was looking out for Lucy. Um, I asked Tally how she found Lucy and it was, she was on Facebook looking at shelters around the country. Like who does that? The same my dogs. Wife, my wife does. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. I mean, you, your wife, Haley, I mean, you saints, ball I tell you lovers. What, it, makes me, it makes me like them. Uh, and Pete is a ball player. I don't know his wife, obviously at all. I bet she's not in the spotlight and I'm sure she likes it that way, but it makes yeah. me like them as people uh, even more than, you know, my, my being a fan of Pete, uh, I, it just makes that, it makes it that much cooler to know that we have something in common, uh, other than just, we were baseball players or are baseball players and that our love for dogs and yeah. trying to help out, um, the less fortunate dogs that are, are left behind. And a lot of times I always feel this, but man, I, I'd rather have dogs than people, you know, so I, it, I, because it goes to what you say, we need more people like, uh, like the Alonzos and maybe that could start to even yeah. out a little bit more, but that's, that's tremendous. Yeah. I mean, they saved Lucy's life and I have Lucy here now and she is a love bug. Just like Pete said, um, two years old, a lot of energy, but I run her, 
I walk her. I mean, I've walked her. I've, I've walked myself more than I have in the last five months in two days. Like I'm getting in shape because I'm forced to, I'm taking right. care of a two year old here. Right. Um, as for Haley, she, she's adorable. She's a great girl. Um, Pete's a lucky man. And, and Haley's a lucky girl. They're perfect for each other. Um, like they are just amazing people. Pete did not have to give me a gift of his home run derby bat that was used in 2023. Um, it was such a great gift. He signed everything for me that I, 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 you know, didn't want to take advantage of the situation and I waited to the end, but he couldn't, he couldn't be more gracious. I had him sign some uh, baseballs for some friends, um, you know, personalized to myself and to them. Um, he was, I, I mean, I put it, I was talking to Steve, our producer before uh, we went on the air and you know, I wrote that tweet and you know how toxic X and Twitter is and the cesspool that it is. And people just love to hate on there. I have over, I think, about 100,000 views on that tweet and a lot of replies. And if you guys listening want to check it out, um, KCJ underscore 516. It's pinned now. Uh, there was a one person, Bill, one that had any negative shit to say. One. It was 100% all positive. For this Braves fans, Philly fans, they're like, you know what? I didn't like Pete, and I don't know how people couldn't like Pete before. I think, you well, know, because of the jersey. I mean, <laughs> right, exactly. You know. And and but now, I mean, not one person had a bad thing. Like, how could you? It rescue dogs, saving a sweet dog. I just lost my dog, and I'm in tears every night. And you know, and then the Met connection. You know, Shay is named Shay after Shay Stadium. I. I'm a huge Met fan. You know, Pete Alonso is my favorite player. He doesn't know that. You know, I, I played it cool. I mean, I basically had to pass every test. Pete was not going to give away Lucy to, to just anybody. Um, Pete told me if he didn't play baseball for a living, he would have kept Lucy. You know, and I believe him. But he lives in New York during the season, and Lucy needs water. She needs to run on grass, and it's just concrete and tall buildings where they are. You know, so and Haley takes care of their dogs, you know, That's a lot. Um, but he wouldn't have he would have kept Lucy. And if you know, you get if you ever get to meet Lucy and everybody who has, you would see why total love bug. The story's wild. You couldn't make it up. And I just feel internally grateful for all of this. And like I said in the tweet, and we'll move on to Met Talk, even though this is Met Talk, it's crazy. Um, I never believed in this. But I do think Shay, my dog who passed in November, somehow, some way, wherever she might be, made this happen. I don't believe in that stuff, but I'm starting to because it all just flowed perfectly. Like I said, if I wasn't scrolling, you know, and Pete Alonzo, I mean, I told Haley and Pete, Shay watched the most Met games out of any dog in the history of dogs, you know, in the last 10 years because I watched every game and Shay was right next to me. So – I, I don't know if you believe in that stuff, but I start. I am starting to. Well, I definitely think when things like this happen, if you don't believe it, it definitely make you question your beliefs a little bit. And uh, it's very Good special. Point. And like we said, everything does happen for a reason. And uh, this was the reason that Shay maybe had to to pass is for you to be able to uh, to get a new great buddy. I mean, look, the unfortunate thing about dogs is they don't live as long as humans, and it's something that we as dog lovers have to try to accept. But like I told you, when Shay first. You away. did. You and, did. Um, 
our way of trying to mourn and to get on with it is to save another dog's life. And it's exactly what you and uh, the Alonzo's did. And it's a tremendous story. Yeah. You, you, you're a hundred percent correct. You were the first person that said, and I didn't want to hear it. You know, I was I know. more, I was mourning. I was mad. I was angry just like anyone else would be, but you know, it took some time and here we are, but yeah, you're right. It, it's already helped as much in the two, three days that I've had Lucy. I'm smiling more. Right. I'm, I'm still missing Shay, but yep. you know, I, I'm, I have something now that I, I'm, I rescued a dog, like you just said, which is a, Hey, everybody should do it. And, um, you know, I have a reason now, uh, to not be as devastated as I was. I got to take care of Lucy, Absolutely. you know? Yep. So wild shit. Um, I love the it. most, the most, and, and to put a bow on this before we talk about a couple signings in the last week, uh, the most surreal shit out of all of this. And I, I obviously Pete and he's a straight, you know, normal dude. He just happens to be the best power hitter in baseball, you know, and it's his walk year and no Met fan wants to lose him. But for me, I got to separate Lucy and I already have and the whole that. And I'm texting and talking on the phone with my favorite baseball player. Like, kind of like you and Doc, you know, it's surreal. <laughs> exactly. And, yep. and I, I have separated it. You know, Pete never would have allowed Lucy to come into my home if he didn't think I was a cool, you know, normal guy who wasn't just a Met fit. You know, it's not like that. I, I'm obviously I passed all the tests. But it, for me, it's like sometimes you take a step back and I'm sure you've done it maybe with Doc and some other players or like Pete Alonzo, I, like just texted me at 10 a.m. today, you know, like it's, huh? <laughs> you know? So I, I separate the two. Lucy is number one, of course, but the story with Pete and Haley and all how it happened, it, I could write a book. Great shit, man. Great shit. Yeah. So let's and move on. Every time when I, when I get a text from Doc or we text with each other, you yeah. got to kind of, I'm going to shake yourself a little bit and realize right. hey, shit, but, uh, that's... They're people too, and the fact that what he and his wife did, and I'm sure this won't be the last time they do something like this and foster a dog, it lets you know that he's a person, not just uh, the guy you see on TV smashing home runs all oh, over the place. God, he's they a are... person with a heart. Yeah, they are saints, and they're and they're gonna. Haley actually put on her Instagram thanking me, uh, talking about me, and Lucy has found the forever home, and yep. she linked the story, the tweet that I just read to everybody to her thirty thousand followers. And said she uh, put in the hyperlink, she changed it to grab a tissue because in the replies, I had over 100 people. A few people read them. Again, KCJ. And it's also retweeted on Shay underscore hello. People were crying. People were saying, you know, uh, man and faith has been restored in a society that's gone to shit after reading a story like this, you know? Absolutely. There's still good so, out there. Yeah. So thank you, Haley, for doing, uh, for posting that. It means a lot to me. Um, and uh, all this is just surreal and it's all good stuff. And, you know, we like, we need a lot more good in the world. So uh, thank you for, thank you for your advice. And, you know, everybody who are, is listening and watching, uh, you will be, uh, if you follow along on Shay Hello Media on Instagram or Shay underscore hello on X or KCJ underscore five one six on Twitter X, uh, Lucy's everywhere, you know. Uh, so if you want to keep up with Lucy, uh, it, that's how. And of course, this podcast uh, as well. So, 
let's move on to some other uh, talk. Uh, two signings in the last week, and we need to talk about it. And uh, we did talk about one of the signings last episode, episode 20, Sean Manaya, left-handed pitcher. Um, you remember, to just uh, give everybody who might not remember, you wanted Ryu, the lefty uh, who was on the Blue Jays, and I, I was okay with either or. I mean, we know that the Mets were going for Snell Montgomery, and they were going to sign to a one-year, two-year contract. But, and, and we were right, and the Mets chose Manaya. Yep. And apparently he's been working. Yeah, 30 years old, left-hander. He's going to be probably the number four. I mean, he's run, been working. Run higher and earned run average. <laughs> yeah, no, his career, ERA is like 410. It's not horrible, yeah. you know. But last Perfect. year, you know, he he gained two miles an hour on his fastball. He's been changing up, working with the different, you know, uh, whoever he's working with. Uh, he had a great month of September for the Giants, uh, above 500 for his career. And it was a two-year deal. 28 million, an opt out after 24. So 14 million. I hate that. And I'll, I'll get your thoughts because the Mets, I mean, they did what they had to do to get him. If Manaya has a great year, he's opting out. So thank you for a great year. Bye. Yeah. Or if he sucks, okay, you're back because you're not going to opt out. For, yeah. You know, I hate that, but I get you have to get players and give them what they want. So I wanted to get your take. I know you wanted Ryu. I, I either or, but they want Manaya. Yeah, I, I like Ryu just simply on um, longer track record. Obviously, a little bit older, so you, you are signing a little bit more youth with Manaya. And I do think with the the year out option, that was probably big for him because I'm sure at 31 Huge. years old, 30, turning 32, he still believes that there's going to be a big bounce back resurgence because he was kind of in a downtrend a little bit for. Um, a few yeah. years after, a, a, I'm not going to say meteoric rise, but a, a nice rise to being a prominent pitcher with the A's. Um, through, through a new hitter against yeah. the Red Sox. And had and, a little uh, bit of a A's. downturn. And I think that at 31, he probably feels like, you know what, I want to sign this deal, right? You know, I need to know where I'm playing. Uh, I'd like to right. have the option of two years and the 28 million sounds great. But if I do have a really, really good year and say win 12, 15, 16, 17 games, I know that's a lot in, in this day and age in baseball. But he probably feels like there might be even more money out there because he saws the types of money that's being thrown around. And I'm sure Crazy. as a competitor that he is, he sees himself as having the ability to to do very, very well and to get even more money. Um, I've watched him throw over the years. One thing I'm hoping he's doing with he's doing these changes is working on his flexibility. He's always looked a little bit stiff to me. And I think that even though he's gained a little bit of velocity, I think it's been a little fluctuating from what I've seen, you know, between the 91 and the 94 range and never really consistently right. at 94, 94, 94. I think with flexibility, maybe there's, you know, there's maybe even 95s and 96s in there with, with a little bit of added flexibility in his body. So obviously as a Mets Absolutely. fan, optimistic um, that he's going to have a, a, you know, he had a 4-4 last year. Let's hope for a 3-4 this year and that would be tremendous. Yes. Um, I don't mind it. Uh we knew what we were getting after they didn't get Yamamoto. Yep. If you look at it right now, it's only January. It doesn't mean they're done. There's talk about maybe the Mets trading for another guy. You can never have enough pitching. But their, their starting rotation as constructed in January, early, and there's still a crap load of free agents left. But I think they're done there. They might not be. Your number one, your ace is Senga. Let's say Quintana's your two. Manaya's your three. 
Severino's your four. And then Hauser, who they traded for with Tyrone Taylor, who's going to be on the roster as like a fourth outfielder. He um, Hauser is your five, but he's going to compete. Hauser can be moved to the bullpen. He was on the Brewers last year. He he pitches out of the bullpen. He can start give innings. So um, that's, like, that's leaving our guy Lucchese out in the cold. But I, I knew you're right. So, but I Hauser is not painted as your and solid goal. I just think maybe if you you if you don't use Hauser then in the starting rotation, maybe you come a little bit too left handed in your rotation. That would be my only worry if, if with Lucchese because then you have they three got, of your five would be left handed. Anaya, Quintana, and that's then, rare. Yeah, Luke, right, Luke that's Casey. Rare. You know, well, rare. not that it can't work, but it's it's rare. Yeah, to see, so, uh, top top uh, top heavy with the left-handed side as opposed to well, right-handed we'll put it this way, and we we both like Luke Casey. We've been very open about that. I think the number five starter, and yeah, let, let's be honest. Let's call you know what it is the rotation. If that's what it is, it's meh. You know, yeah. it just it it's is. Not We're not. It's not Scherzer, Verlander, Degrom. You know. Yep. Um, and we didn't yeah. get Yamamoto. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I know. If you if you're listening on wherever you are, Bill just kind of did the man, you know, those names, and then look at our rotation this year, kind of yeah. thing. You not know, not the same. Not the same. No, it's not. And you can't be oblivious or naive, naive to it. And we're not. But but the, the there... thing about those guys, though, those names is those are competitors, though. Is those aren't guys that you. You got to wonder who's going to show up uh, competitiveness wise on a daily basis. They might have a, a a rough outing or whatever it may be, but those guys are going to be out there busting their ass, not folding, you know, folding up like a chair if yeah. the shit hits the fan a little bit. So at least you can give those guys that, that they're going to they're going to battle their ass off. Um, they are. Are they, they are. the best? They're not the best, but they're not they're not poor competitors either. Right, and even just to put the bow on Hauser, Hauser, Lucchese, McGill, Budo. Like, it, th- I like there Budo will be too. I mean, I'd yeah. like to see him. You know, that's these are the types of moves and the types of things that, as a younger player, quote unquote, like Budo, these are the types of things that throw this added pressure on you every single yeah. time you go out there. That sometimes you're not going to get that same guy anymore because he knows he feels the pressure. We can think Beatty, we can think Vientos, same types of things where you feel like, man, you guys are looking to already replace me, and I I did something last year, but you're looking right. to replace me. So these are the the difficulties I, of not being that front line, top line guy where your name is already not penciled in, your name is penned in or yep. typed in. These are the types of things that where you, you question, well, this guy sucks or this guy struck because this guy is constantly pitching for whether he's going to be on the mound or not. Or this guy standing in the batter's box, constantly feeling like if I don't get a fucking hit here, yep. I'm well, I'm out of here. You know, so you're absolutely yeah and as a former player you know that like when you're pitching for your life you know for whatever time in your career yeah and the, a lot of players play. you know, yeah exactly yeah i read off topic real quick i read something about i think it was like the the stadium i don't know what it's called right now they go through a yeah. crap load of names you know it used to be pro- pro- jacobs field progressive park whatever but they said the 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 point is, it's so hard to be even to get one at bat or throw one pitch in the majors. That if you threw in the amount of major league baseballs and the his, uh, major league baseball players and the history of life, you could not fill up that stadium. And it's like right. thirty, the capacity is thirty five, forty thousand. Yeah, like, and you would have it's empty a seats less everywhere. Than 15,000. Yeah, so. You know, total player. I, I, total player. So, so I put I throw that out there because that you have Abudo, Lucchese, who when last year when the Mets were out of it and they got their chance, they 
made the most out of it, and now they're they're in it for this year. Yep. So it's a good thing, uh, you know, for them. And competition, like you always say, is always a good thing. So, yep. plus, um, one last thing, and we're, I'm trying to be optimistic here with this meh rotation. They're all on one year contracts, so they're pitching for a better contract. They want to be awesome. They want to have the best year of their life. Severino, Quintana's last year. Even Sanga has an opt-out after 2025. You know, Mets yep. have nobody signed in the rotation after 2025. Sanga. With all that all that money out there, that's right. even more of an incentive. Severino? Unfortunately, unfortunately, they put that guy up there with the bat, too, that's going to try to ruin your day, too, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so you can look at it that way. These guys are going to pitch regardless of what happens. Like their life depends on it, which it does, you know. Yep. Um, Severino has a lot to prove. He so hot, low risk, high reward, one year deals. And if anyone's wondering why, and the Mets have the highest salary still in baseball, it is still number That's hard one. To it's because of all the dead all money the, yeah, that yeah, yeah, Steve yeah, Cohen right. is paying all these other guys, Scherzer, Verlander, McCann, you know, to play for other teams. But it all goes away after this year. And with all these one year deals, they're Salary cap or their salary, their payroll, excuse me, drops tremendously. And then you have the money, not that he doesn't have it now, but he's trying to build sustainable, you know, seasons, not yep. like what he did the last two years. Take a stab at uh, a Verlander or a Scherzer and go yeah. for it all. Aging stars. Yep. Right. So I, it, it's easy to figure it out. They're trying to be in contention because mm-hmm. it's not that hard to make the playoffs. But they're also planning to – they're not rebuilding, and they're not like anything – they're just not all We're in. a holding pattern, a little yeah, bit. We're, right, with still trying to compete with the, because yeah, – yeah, look, look, you said numerous times, you know, 85 wins got the, yeah. uh, the Diamondbacks to the World Series eventually. Uh, yeah. Obviously, they had to win a bunch of games in the playoffs and be hot at the right time. But um, – be in contention for the playoffs and then you never know what happens. So exactly. I think, I think they're there. I think that there's a lot of, I, mean, I know we got to get into this a little bit later, just from knowing the questions that are going to be coming. So I'm going to, I'm going to stop there and let you go ahead right. forward. Cause we'll save that for later. Yeah. You just got to be competitive and, and get to the trade deadline, make your decision there. We talked about it. Mets have an offense that if all these guys are healthy and play to the back of their baseball cards, and Marte seems to be healthy. He's playing in the Dominican League right now in winter ball. Yeah. I don't think he was they, healthy at all last year. He not wasn't. One, not one, at one point in time, was he healthy? Recovery. They still have They have their core offense. Alvarez is going to probably have a better year. McNeil will probably have a better year. Marte will be back. You know, right. it, who knows? So we'll see what happens. But the Mets are not punting, they're not rebuilding. Perfect way, like you put it. They're in a holding pattern where they have a chance still this year, and they're waiting for. And then you know what? You can see what happens come July. See where you're at in July. Exactly. You know? And then, yep. are we going for it? Or are we holding pat? Right. And then the beauty of that, and I wish it didn't come to this, but we, you know, it is what it is. It's radical acceptance. If these, if they're out of it, all these guys are on one-year deals. They're gonna trade them. They're buy, you know, and they're yeah. gonna get, you know, whoever they get. So. You know, a long, a long way to go. Their roster is not finished. Completed. So we'll get yep. the one other signing they made is something out of nowhere. Um, Harrison Bader, outfielder. Uh, Cardinals, most of his career, traded to the Yankees and then traded to the Reds. Just signed a one-year contract. Again, one year. 
$10.5 million. Best friends with Pete Alonzo, who played with Bader at the University of Florida, a Gator. Gators. And um, I don't want to go into full details. Pete and I did talk about Bader. Um, and Pete told me this. I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. Um, he will be. He, he made a call. He will be uh, having his locker next to his best friend, Bader. And McNeil will be to his right, Bader to his left. And he was, you know, it's going to be a shit show because all three guys are characters. But, yeah. um, and I, I laughed. But um, he told me this. This is more important. If you have a healthy Nimmo, Bader in center, Nimmo in left, and, and Nimmo w- still will play center. Bader's not going to play every day. Plus, he's never healthy. But if you have a healthy Nimmo, Bader, and Marte, and this is from Pete's mouth, and you can understand anybody, he said a ball would not drop in Yellowstone Park with those those three guys. Their outfield defense would be, it, you know, on paper right now, t- uh, amazing. Bader is a 99% elite defender. His bugaboo can't stay healthy, and he can't really hit all that well. But as Pete told me, he, he's been on the phone with Bader all offseason, giving him tips and, you know, little things to try. Obviously, anyone's going to take advice from Pete Alonzo, you know. So um, I don't mind having a, a Bader defensively. You know who he reminds me of? Juan Lagares. Mm, yeah. Gold glove center fielder didn't really hit all that much. Now, grant you, Bader – I don't know if you've seen highlights of Bader or seen him play. I'm sure you have. have. Bader is Kiermaier. Kevin Kiermaier is number one defensively outfielder. Bader's two. And if you've watched Bader, amazing. Just an amazing outfielder. And he'll save runs, you know, in uh, the defensive way. What's your take on the Bader signing? A lot of moving parts in the middle of the left, but uh, I don't mind it. One-year deal, I can't be mad. I can't. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you need some uh, outfield depth at all times. Obviously, they went through some injuries last year, too, with uh, Marte not being healthy. You never know. So you do need some uh, some some backup. And it's nice to know that you have big league backup and you're not trying to work in somebody that hasn't played at the major league level much. Obviously, Bader has played at the major league level. Um, he will run through a wall to go get a ball. You know, he probably ends up injuring himself sometimes for <laughs> the uh, aggressiveness yeah. that he uses out there. Um, I do like the the familiarity with uh, with Pete um, being the the face of the of the team uh, and bringing in a, in a in a free agent like Bader and him it will help him integrate himself in with the team and Absolutely. I think maybe it'll help him be a little bit more relaxed uh, at the plate and maybe he can show some of his potential as a hitter uh, with the Mets that he hasn't been able to show because I know when he first got traded over to the Yankees and then. Come the playoff time, man, he was hitting a home run every every other day, it seemed like, there for a minute. So it's definitely there. Yeah. You just need to have a sustained health to get you those at-bats because hitting is the hardest thing to do in all sports. So when you do deal with injury and you're not consistently out there, it makes it even that much harder for you to uh, to be able to hit. So maybe with some health, he can, uh, he can be not just a, a defensive player but help offensively as well. I think Bader – yeah, he was. He was in the trade with the Cardinals um, or – the with Yankees, Montgomery, right? With Montgomery, yeah. Yep. So, uh, Bader is a veteran. He just gets he's hurt everywhere. Around. Yeah, he's, he's been around. around. He's just he can't stay and healthy. He's a New York but... guy, right? He's a New York. Yeah. Guy. He. Uh, right. I don't right. think Pete. I don't think Pete's going to be mad if I tell this quick story because it's funny. Um, they're very close, you know. And uh, Bader's from New York. The funny part, Pete was telling me this, and this is not flexing or bragging. It's just I had a conversation with Pete Alonso. 
Um, uh, Bader would always say he's from the Bronx. And Pete would be like, what? You're from Bronxville, buddy. You're from a top. Your dad's a lawyer. You know, you, Bronxville is in Westchester. You're from an affluent neighborhood in Westchester. And no, nope, he'd be like, I'm from the Bronx. And I was it kidding. Sounds I was, better. Yeah, you know, I was, I was like, you know, with a name like Harrison and Harrison had that flow with the hair before he had to cut it, you know, yeah. when he went to the Yankees. Like, you know, guys will be guys. They're just getting on each other. That's it. Um, Absolutely. So I think it will help that they're close and, you know, it, it can only help. So I agree. Um, if he could stay healthy, I don't mind it. I really don't. So yep. Nimmo won't be your left fielder. He will play there more. But um, it, it, depth in the outfield, depth with pitching, it can't hurt. Well, so. it keeps McNeil maybe a little bit more. Uh, Second base. Right. We can glue him into a position, which makes it help, easier for you to hit. when You're not worrying about the different spins on balls on a yep. nightly basis and where I'm standing. And believe it or not, I know it sounds crazy, but it will help him relax his mind when it comes to his approach at the plate too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, when you know you're playing every day, which Jeff does, and you know where you're going to be, <laughs> but you don't know where you're playing. Right. Maybe. Right. So I, everyone should it get frustrating. That. You know, obviously he's going to go out there and do whatever he has to do. He's got all the gloves ready to go. He's right. above, above average, but it's just you know. one less thing to worry yep. about on a daily basis. You know? Yeah. Listen, I have a lot of notes to talk to, but uh, talk to you about, but we're going to bypass a couple of them. Mm -hmm. um, but I'll just sum up all the notes in this. The Mets still have to get two relievers. They have to make a decision on their DH. They're, they're, whether their rotation's done or not, it probably is. Let's say it is. Their offense, other than DH, is basically done as well. If they can get, and I don't know how, and my guess and I'll ask you, as of right now, I do think Vientos will be the starting DH, and this is a prove-me year for him. I think Vientos so far has been an AAAA player. Too good for AAA, not as good for Major League yeah, pitching. Yeah, 4A player so far. Yeah, Exactly. Um, they had two quality relievers to bridge with Rayleigh and Drew Smith to Diaz is coming back. They're in contention to win 85 games if everything goes right. Not saying it all will, because it never does. But they're not far off. The only hesitancy I have over all this is that the, the DHs that are still out there, Jorge Soler, J.D. Martinez, and Justin Turner, why in the hell, and you tell me, would they want to come to the Mets when they're older and they want to win? Because the Mets are not putting out a clear-cut winner. You know. So my guess is Vientos, your DH. Prove me wrong, guys, but... You know, there's still plenty of DHs available, but the Mets are not that far away from at least having a chance, even with their Met rotation. You know, yeah, having a chance to qualify for the playoffs, possibly. Yes, I mean, there's still yeah. a lot of good teams out there that are that haven't changed much in the, in the past year, and three of them were in the National League East just this past year. Um, just to do it real quick, I wouldn't mind Solaire on a brief deal. I wouldn't mind him over the two older guys. Look, if right. two, the two older guys, at least you know what you're getting kind of. You hope they don't, like we've talked about before, where the downturn where it could be one off season and then it's just not the same guy. Uh, I've said it before, Vientos, not a fan of young players being DHs. They need to be out on the field so they can pay attention on both sides of the ball. Uh, has not proven yet that he belongs. Um, Beatty at third base, I'm hoping that uh, – with uh, Chavez being a hitting coach, they get him back right. to hit the ball the other way, and then maybe Vientos can log into the DH. But like I said, 
I wouldn't mind Soler on a short deal. I agree. And he would make the most sense because J.D. Martinez wants to play for a winner. That's why he signed with the Dodgers last year on a one-year contract. Right. And I would think Turner, who's 40, would do the same thing. Winner. Right. And Soler you know, is and, younger, younger than the three of those guys. Right. So, and he just – why, why not? It's New York. Why not New York? I mean, it's, yeah, it's still New he, York. Give him a three-year contract with an opt-out after two. Just That was the contract he had with the Marlins. He's younger. Right. Give him, Pay him what he wants. Give him that same deal. And put him at DH, and he can play the outfield. And he has he, times where he can put the team on, on his back, you know. He he's a power hitter. He's, yep. he's a monster, an absolute monster. I agree. And, and that's a little the, bit, that could be some protection for Pete, you know, some power yeah. protection for Pete, which is obviously big. The guys that hit before you and after you has a lot to do with the type of, the type of hitter that you are. You don't, yeah, you don't have to tell me twice. Huge Mike Piazza fan. Gardo Alfonso made him as, you know, helped him as much as he could, you know, yep. protecting him. Yep. Um, so... Uh, there's still a lot to be – it's not many things, but they're big things. They're like – the next moves that they make are going to basically tell us finally. I would take, I would take Robertson and Nares, Yeah, those guys too. I had all this written down, and I, I, I wanted to go through all of it. We can't yeah. for time's sake. I like but, Nares. I like yeah. Nares. Nares is available. Robertson is available. Wandy Peralta from the Yankees is available. Uh, Suter from the is getting a lot of heat. He's a, a pitcher from the Rockies who's uh, available. Had a great year. Um, yeah, they they have some thinking to do. They're not far off from at least being in contention. So we'll playoffs. see what happens. Right for the playoffs. Finish but your sentence. You know how I stand, Bill, and I said it last year. Get in, get hot, stay healthy. You can go far. Lose to the Rangers in the in the series. The best team's be, still going to win. The best yeah. team's still going to win when it boils down to it. In yeah. contention for the playoffs, I'll agree with you. In contention, I can't agree I, with I, that I, yet. I, I think every Met fan would sign up for that, getting to a World Series in right now oh, from yeah, what we know. For sure. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm saying contending for the playoffs, possibly. That's as right. far as I'm going right now. You're, you're going ahead of me. I'm saying I just want meaningful baseball You know, in September, unlike last year. Well, yes, that would be nice. And Second we would half, know that before. We would know that before anyway with the trade deadline on August first. So, right. You know. Yeah. Um, we could talk about this until the, the you know for all day, but we got to get to the mailbag, buddy. Let's do it. Um, so we're going to read some questions, and without further ado, we're going to start with your buddy. Uh, he's back for more as he's here uh, every podcast, and I would be remiss if I didn't say every podcast we do on Shay Hello, uh, Shay underscore Hello. We put out, uh, write your questions to Bill and I, we, and we will read them live on the podcast. And that's exactly what we do every podcast, and we're going to do it right now. So we're going to start with your buddy, uh, NYMGI, and he asks, uh, I'll leave this to you, and I'll answer it real quick as well. Uh, if Burns, Wheeler, Freed, Bieber, and Bueller, God, that's a lot of beasts, man, all make it to free agency, who would be your top target? Um, I would love to say Wheeler. I don't think he would come back and he is getting a little bit older. Um, I would go with, and I know it sounds crazy because Bueller's had a numerous Tommy Johns now, but the, yep. the surgery seems so much even more advanced than when I had it and guys were coming back. I would probably uh, lean towards Bueller and Freed if it came down to it of those names. I think Burns okay. is probably on the decline a little bit. Wheeler's getting a little bit older, probably has a little bit of a bad taste in his mouth. Um, yeah. with the Mets, although it is a new regime here. He's yeah. getting a little bit older. Um, I would say Fried and Bueller would be where I would lean. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to, I'm new regime makes everything different. Zach Wheeler is getting older. He's coming off of a five-year deal with the Phillies. You know, he pitched great, you know, runner up in a Cy Young. He's been top five pitcher every year for the Phillies. Mets, Brody Van Wagen didn't want to sign him. He said, we're not having, we're not going to pay this man a hundred mil for two, uh, I would love to uh, second, back. two good second halves. Well, Brody Van Wagenen, F off. You were wrong. Yes. So, um, to answer this question, I would say Zach Wheeler still. He's had two Tommy Johns. Yeah. I think he's got some tank, you know, gas left in that tank. 33, 34 years old. I get it. New regime doesn't have to do with the Will Ponds. It's, I, 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 but here's the thing. I don't think Zach Wheeler's leaving the Phillies. Yeah, so, I, think the, I think the guys are digging the vibe there a little bit. With the, yeah, they'll the, do the same thing that they did with. Like, to me, with him, it also is going to be like, is he going to want that contract that gets him into the 42 year old? range because the guys like Scherzer and guys like Verlander right. that have now shown that they could, that that's a thing again, you know, I, 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 I could, I could see him asking for a lot of years possibly. Yeah. I, I, I don't see him getting that because he's already on the older side, you know, but <laughs> I didn't, you know, $80 million going. Yeah. To I mean, so. I, I say that, but, and then I, I read that the Dodgers have spent as much money as one team as the rest of the 29 other teams. Right. So, yeah. So everything goes great question. Yeah. Thank you for the question. Um, I'd go Wheeler. You go Bueller or Freed. You can't go wrong with any of them. I would take Wheeler for sure. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if it's a a possibility. And, and one other thing Burns, he mentions there Burns is a free agent after this year. Trade for the guy, have that window like the Dodgers had with glass now. And see if you if you can extend him. He was on the Brewers with Stearns. He's not going back to Milwaukee. Yeah, I would think uh, I would wonder because of the arbitration situation last year how much Stearns was involved with that thing because Burns was right, not no. happy. No, he, that's why Burns is gone. But I don't. You're right. I don't know how much Stearns was involved, but you would think a lot. I so. would think. I would think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the question. We got to get to some others. Uh, this is from Steve, NYFD, NY7. Um, hey, guys, tough one here. If you had to choose the amount of wins in 2024 and if they make the playoffs, what would it be? Yes, I know the roster isn't complete. Love the pod, exclamation point. Thank you, sir. Um, I'll take that one first. I'll make Go it ahead. real quick. Yep. Yes, the roster is in, in uh, is not complete. We just went into what will make it complete. If it goes two ways, if they get a, a Solaire for DH and they get the relievers we were talking about, I will say the Mets will win eighty five games at least. I will. If they stick with Viento starting at DH and they get a couple of relievers that are just you know whatever. They're going to be another 75-win team like last year at best. So we're incomplete. The puzzle isn't finished. But, uh, you know, that's where I would go right now. You? I think that you – I mean, you couldn't – you damn near took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say <laughs> if they can complete the the roster I – mean, I, don't I don't even need to repeat it. 85 wins if we can complete the roster with some nice signings. In contention, a lot of teams ahead of them still. I mean, like we said, three teams from the National League East made the, the playoffs last year. And obviously the Diamondbacks, uh, they haven't changed much. You know, the teams right. haven't changed. If anything, they might have gotten a little bit better. Um, so yeah, there's some signs that need actually. to be made. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to think positive. We're going to say hopefully for an 85 wins is realistic with some nice, a couple of other signings. It's going to be a battle. Yep. Uh, thank you for the question, Steve. We're going to move on. Jeff Cohen, who's a regular. 
uh, on our podcast. He has his own podcast, uh, Baseball and Barbecue. Uh, if you're a fan of baseball and yeah, or barbecue, check it out. Uh, he's got some great guests on his podcast and, uh, he's a great guy. Check it out. Jeff's question is, uh, one for you, one for me. We'll start with the question to you. Um, he writes, Bill, what was your routine between starts and does the starting staff follow the same routine or does it vary by pitcher? And what is the routine for relievers? So you got a little three-parter there. Yeah. Yeah. I took some time to write down a little bit of notes and just go through it again. Obviously, the day you start is, is your pitching day. Uh, usually after you pitch, uh, there are there are actually a little bit of shoulder exercises that go on after you get out of the game where you do, they call them burnouts, where you're just doing some shoulder exercises just to totally extinguish the muscles completely. Uh, the next day would start with a nice long run. You know, you get out there yeah. at least 20 minutes to run, run all the, the bad blood out. Um, nice soft loft long toss actually, getting it out to 100, 125, 130 feet. It hurts like hell. You can't stand doing it, but you kind of got to kind of do it to get started going again. Then you're back into your shoulder and your forearm exercises. Uh, They used to be manuals. I I asked some of the guys um, when I was down in fantasy camp, some of the trainers, if manuals is still a thing. And it is still a thing. Everybody doesn't do them. They do them different ways. But manual exercises is where you actually work with the trainer and they're manipulating your arm in uh, different uh, resistance exercises. Um, And then a nice heavy workout. You know, where you're, that's where you get your heavy day of lifting weights and leg workout, upper body workout. Uh, the following day would be a, a light workout after you throw your bullpen. So you throw that's your bullpen day. Bullpen is usually consists of about 15 to 17 minutes of throwing. And that includes starting to play catch to going and throwing your bullpen. Um, the following day will be a long toss day with uh, running poles. Poles are where you run from one foul pole to the next foul pole. Probably about 16 of those plus some nice hard sprints. Um, shoulder and forearm exercises again that day, lightly. Then that will bring you to your day before your start, and that would be a nice light catch with some three-quarter speed sprints, and that's about it. There would even be sometimes maybe later in the season where you say, you know what, I'm not even going to play catch today. But for me personally, I did like to have the feel of the ball in my hand the day before I pitched just a little bit. Uh, As for who do – most guys follow something close to that. Obviously, guys have their own little certain things. One thing would be – a short, shorter bullpen on the second day, and then a light bullpen on the third day. Um, as far as bullpen guys go, you are have to be ready on a daily basis. You yep. probably have your light little workouts that you like to do on a daily basis, um, whether that be your shoulder exercises, your forearm exercises, a light leg workout. That would usually tend to be after a game. Uh, playing catch, you have your throwing routine that you do every single day, and it's basically the same thing. Um the days that you know, you know what, I'm cashed. I'm done. I'm down today. I've thrown two or three nights in a row. You might Not go pitching, in after the man. game. Might go in after the game and, and get a you know bust your ass real quick and get a nice heavy workout in, knowing that you got a full day of recovery. That's my. Answer. I like it. Yeah. Well, that's a very detailed, perfect answer. Um, Thank you. Great question and great answer. Um, a lot of a lot of players. Um, obviously, I would think very. You know, but uh, you nailed it, man. Um, I'm sure that a lot of listeners were always wondering how that goes, and uh, that was as good of a. We detail. don't sit around. You don't sit around and eat eat popcorn and and, uh, <laughs> and pizza right. in between in between yeah. starts. Yeah. You do, but uh, not yeah. tell you what thing. And I, from what you're you're telling me, at least your routine sounds like a lot of running. 
You know? Yeah, it used to be. I don't think they run as much as they used no. to anymore. I don't get it. I don't know. I mean, we're talking about injuries, and they're all injuries are higher than they've ever been. Well, maybe these guys need to start running a little bit more again. I don't know. Keep yourself in shape, and I, I feel it could trickle down from there. You know, yeah. but there was a lot of running involved. Yes, I was. Yeah, always, time, I wasn't always a big, huge guy. I used to be a little leaner, as everyone I'm, I'm sure is aware of. <laughs> uh, he's got one more question for me. I'll answer this real quick. Uh, Casey, how satisfied are or not satisfied are you about this offseason? Jeff, come on. I am not satisfied. <laughs> the end. Next question. Thanks for the question, Jeff. Uh, both questions. Not satisfied at all, of course. Um, we got a, a question from Mark Digman. He writes, uh, what do you think the single most important factor in was the mess missing out on Otani and Yamamoto? Um, we have Either discussed this. Neither one yeah. of them wanted to be Mets. Done. Yeah. I mean, we've discussed this at length. Uh, Mark, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, Bill nailed it. it. It's literally what Bill just said. They had no interest of coming to the Mets. Yeah. That's what. Which is a shame. It's really yeah. a shame. It is. Because I, you know what? This is a thing for me. And when the Mets are winning and the Mets yeah. are in contention in World Series, baseball is better. And, the Met, and New York itself when the Mets are winning, as opposed to the Yankees are winning, the Mets is a the Mets is a bigger story and a bigger push when Absolutely. the Mets are winning, as opposed to when the Yankees are winning. And prove me wrong, but it is, and, and you know, it is. I just and I don't I, understand I, why people. Uh, maybe these guys don't understand what that what that really is because they're younger, you know, and coming from another country. But I don't understand why you wouldn't want to be interested. But I don't think they were interested. Yeah, no, they had. But they were definitely not for not wanting to play in LA too. I mean, that's you know, hey, yeah, yeah. Right on the Pacific they're both coast. from Japan, exactly, and they got their money. Can't fault them. But to answer nope. the question, they wanted no part of any other team. And even Yamamoto said, if Otani didn't sign with the Dodgers, he, he was still would have right. So he used everybody else to get you know, blah blah blah. But there's your answer. He now didn't want to be. I still want to see him get some outs. I'll believe it when I, I see. I know. Him. I know. It builds very adamant about with Yamamoto, you know, show me, you show know, me. we know what you can do in Japan. You got paid, you know, get some outs. I get it. I'm with yep. you. Last question. We got time for one more. We'll move on to quick pitches after this one. Uh, another one who's familiar with our podcast. He writes uh, frequently, Jimmy Lags. This one's for you, Bill. Okay. Uh, Bill, do you think lefty pitchers have an advantage over uh, uh, advantage against lefty hitters. As time has gone on, we have seen a lot of splits lately, reverse. which for every reverse splits, which is a righty getting lefties out, and it's usually you know the not like that, or lefties getting righties out, right? You know, so I'll repeat the question: um, Do you think lefties pitchers have an advantage against uh, lefty hitters? Because as time's gone on, we've seen the reverse splits. splits. Yeah, I think that um, certain left-handed pitchers will have an advantage on those left-handed hitters. And I think those are the guys that have devastating breaking balls. Uh, the guys that are more change-up oriented, I think the advantage goes away a little bit because you usually learn to change up as a left-handed pitcher to try to combat the right-handed hitter. Yep. And the majority of guys that come up through amateur baseball into college baseball or directly into uh, pro baseball, they're pretty goddamn good, Right. And yeah, of course. Uh, they don't worry so much about who's hitting on either side. And I know me personally, when I came to the minor leagues, they would take the lefties out of the lineup 
So then and you don't come up being a lefty specialist. You come up being a starter, and then eventually through time you turn into a relief pitcher. There's not many guys that are coming up as relief pitchers in amateur baseball and or college baseball, maybe a little bit more than now. But I think it's kind of evened out a little bit now because as a left-handed mm-hmm. pitcher, I've got to I've got to be able to get righties out. So if they're taking yeah. they're taking the lefties out to face you when you're younger, and then you get to the big leagues, and now hey man, by the way, you're getting lefties out. You never even learned how to face lefties really because you didn't face many of them. Yeah. There's so many so few left-handed hitters. So I think that it's evened out a little bit just due on the fact that lefties don't see enough left-handed pitchers to really know how to combat them. Yeah, no, and from what you said in the beginning about a, a, a righty having a curveball to offset a left-handed hitter, a righty pitcher, yeah. the first person that I thought of, just because he's relevant in my head right now, David Robertson, he had he's a right-handed pitcher and had much more success against left-handed hitters. Right. Makes no sense, but you just nailed it again. Why? He's got a devastating curveball. Yep. So you're backing it up. So um, good answer. I agree. Uh, and good, good question, Jimmy. Very good. Um, thank you to everybody who wrote in for the mailbag. Again, if you want to be a part of next episode, episode 22, uh, usually like over the weekend, I'll, uh, Shay underscore hello will send out, uh, you know, write the questions you want and we'll read them live on the air like we just did. Thank you, everybody who chimed in. Uh, thanks for the great answers by Bill this week with them. And uh, we'll see you next week with the mailbag. We got to move on, Bill. It's quick pitch time. Let's do it. You ready? Yes, sir. Number one. And by the way, I got to always say quick pitches. If you're new to the podcast, three questions for Bill. doesn't have to be baseball related. He doesn't know what's coming. And we're just going to go. Ready? Ready. Bill, what is something that makes you feel unstoppable? Something that makes today, nowadays, in life, maybe you know. I, I, yeah, I am going. I, mean, I am going to sleep right now. I'm unstoppable. Uh, you can't stop me from going to sleep. Not okay. right this moment, but when I'm going to sleep, you can't stop me. Other than that, got uh, it. I've been humbled so many damn times. I don't think anything other than I'm going to sleep maybe makes me feel unstoppable. Right. So when you decide it's time to go to sleep, you're unstoppable. I'm going to bed. Got it. That's a good answer. Okay. <laughs> no one can talk you out of it. You know, That's just it. leave I'm me done. alone. On You have no chance. Yeah. Got it. I'm done. All right. Number two. What is the weirdest thing in your home? Me. <laughs> That's such a good answer. I'm I love it. I wasn't nothing even weirder thinking. than me. God. I look back on it now. That's a layup question. Yeah, it was. It, yeah. <laughs> I really thought it was a good question, but now your answer makes me feel like an idiot. That was such a layup no, question. There's no reason to know. It's it's such an. E- I was thinking, oh, Bill's going to be like, oh, the 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 hundred and twenty goldfish I randomly have, you know, in my son's no, bedroom no, no. or something. Like, me, no, it's Bill. Bill's a weirdo, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Damn. All right. I gotta. I'll get. I, sometimes I, I got good ones, and sometimes I'm not. That is a like, good one. That's nah, was a, that was a layup for you, buddy. All right. Good answer. Um, let's see if number three can make up for it. It's okay. not. It's just – it's a normal – I was being nice this week. Well, your peanut butter and jelly got blown out of the water, huh? Yeah, I saw that a couple hours ago. Did you see my response? You're a big peanut butter and jelly guy. Well, I was going to get mar- – I was actually looking at marmalade yesterday to try to change it up a little bit. A little Ooh, marmalade. That's big news. But I might do it. I might do if it. You, if you follow Bill on X. Uh, he made it known that he's a big peanut butter and jelly well, guy, I but 
I still of eat. Of course, that. who doesn't? It never goes out of style, right? I played minor league baseball for a long time too. I had a lot of yeah. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yeah, and I'm sure every like you loved it too. How could you not? Yeah, what it is, man. You, and you you probably tell me if I'm wrong. You probably had like two or three or four sandwiches. You know, it wasn't just one, right? Well, it could be two, that's for sure. And I had I, I just had one two day, two nights ago, right before I was unstoppable. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Unstoppable. Yep. I like it. Yep. All right, this is another layup question, but it's more of just we'll just go with it. Okay. Where is the fanciest place you've ever been to in your life? Now it doesn't have to be a country or a vacation spot. It could just be a spot. Restaurant. I don't care. You know. Um, I went when I was in Vegas, and I don't know. I've been to quite a few quote-unquote fancy places. I don't know. Yeah, it's but a quote-unquote um, I went to the only Michelin star Chinese restaurant in the United States um, when I was at the Wynn Resort uh, in Las Vegas just three weeks ago. That was that was pretty fancy. Wow, yeah. Uh, sounds expensive because the Wynn Resort. Uh, well, it, the price was right for me. Let's just put it that way. Right. I mean, <laughs> when you say Wynn Resort, I just think top of the line. It, you it's know. a, it's yeah. a top-notch resort. It's really... It's yeah, cool. no, that... and I was lucky to be have someone take me out there and, and yeah, pay yeah. my expenses, which I thank John Finn, who's a Mets fantasy camp guy. I couldn't I couldn't thank him more for the experience and the trip that he he took me on. That's awesome. I'm glad you had fun. I'm glad you went there. That's definitely a fancy place. You had me at the Wynn Hotel, you know, and then the one what you know the Michelin one Michelin one, star. Yeah, right. I mean, that's a good answer. I, that takes the cake. Um, that's going to wrap up quick pitches and. That's going to wrap up episode number 21, which was Bill Pulsifer's number while wearing that for the Mets. So and a great episode, too, with, the, with Lucy's story and the Alonzo yeah. connection. And uh, I thought it was a great show today. Yeah. Um, I want to thank Steve, our producer behind the scenes. Uh, this episode, like always, is brought to you by RootsDashRecordings.com. Uh, follow us, please. Subscribe on Say Hello Media on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, we're everywhere on podcast platforms, whether Google, Spotify, uh, Amazon Fire, I'm seeing TV. People are listening to us. Nice. Uh, of, course, of course, Apple, follow us, send us a comment. Jeff Cohen actually uh, writes us a lot of comments on our YouTube channel, Shalo Media. We always get back to him. He's got, you know, he listens to the podcasts and, you know, he has some questions or he has his thoughts. So uh, I, recommend follow jeff cohen steps it's great um so with that being said any uh, last words bill uh, just congratulations again on the the new pup and Thank i you. know she's going to be awesome i'm happy for you and i'm glad you took uh the advice that uh some of us gave you i'm, I'm very happy and i'm going to be happy too it's going to make you happy i appreciate that bill you know uh you did have a lot to do with that decision with your words and here we are i have lucy awesome. You know, we're going to end this podcast in a minute. And I, I I'm look gonna, forward to meeting her. Yeah. Oh, she's a love bug. She is just a sweetie. You know? My wife's she's jealous because she loves the labs. We have a lab uh, that yeah. we had rescued from Alabama years and years and years ago. She's 14 now. Uh, Lucky doggy. Yeah. We got some older dogs. It's going to be rough. But again, like I said, I, yeah. I know. Uh, it's always, there's always dogs out there that need to be rescued. And uh, we are a family that rescues dogs. And you guys should be applauded for that. You know? Thank you. So uh, thank you, everybody, for writing in. Thank you, everybody, for listening and watching. And uh, we, we had a blast, another great episode. And I want to wish you to be safe out there and also have a great rest of your day. That will conclude episode number 21.
of the Say Hello podcast.